Thanks for taking the time to listen to these recordings of our Sunday morning sermons. The Door Church is one church in two locations on mission to see lives restored with the gospel for God's glory, and we'd love to have you join us. For more information about our gatherings in Louisville and Argyle, visit us at thedoorchurch.net. Now, let's worship God by opening His Word. All right, good morning, church family. Uh, if you're new here, my name is Scott Brooks, and, I, and I'm on the uh, preaching team. Super grateful to be here with you this morning. If you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it. We'll be in Genesis chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3. And um, so this, this is a sermon series uh, in Genesis, really the, the first part of Genesis. And Genesis is the book of beginnings. And I like this question that's on the screen as we have this intro video is, uh, where are you? And really, that's a question a penetrating question is like, what, what do you believe? Um, you know, I think a lot of us are just going through life and we're not asking questions. And this is a question stated as like, what do I believe? Why do I believe that? Um, you know, how, how's my life going? And so this is a place to reorient, Lord willing, your mind, your heart under the word of God. And what God says is really foundational truths, how he created, how he sustains. Um, really, Genesis is about God's beautiful design and how things work best. And so as we come in this morning, the hope is that we had aligned our lives under uh, the word of God and what he says is, is true, right, and good. And so uh, the sermon title this morning is Lord, The Lord of the Sabbath, The Lord of the Sabbath, and I'll read Genesis chapter 2, 1 through 3. It says this, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done, or that he had done in creation. Let's, let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I pray that as we look at your word, we just realize, God, that you are, you are indeed the creator, the sustainer. God, that uh, you worked and then you rested and you're teaching us about who you are in this text, but also how, how you made things to work best in creation and the rhythms of life that we should participate in. So I pray that, God, that we would have ears to hear and, God, that we'd see uh, you, Jesus, as, as the, really the founder and perfecter of our faith and we'd find rest in you. I say in Jesus', Jesus powerful name, amen. Um, again, the sermon title this morning is The Lord of the Sabbath. And so what we have here in Genesis chapter 2 is is right after Genesis chapter 1, right? So that's where that falls. And in Genesis chapter 1, God created. He creates. He sustains. uh, He creates all things. And what happens here, uh, it says he, he finishes his special work of creation, uh, he, he, he finishes it, and then, and then he rests. And so it's interesting here. It says that God rested after working six days, uh, and then he finds uh, this rest. And, and, and the question is, uh, after, he, after, after he gets done uh, finishing this special work of creation, why and what does it mean that God rested? Why is this here? Could it mean that God is tired, that he's exhausted, uh, that he's outdone himself, and he, he needs to take a day off and, and sleep? Uh, the answer is, is no. Th- that's not what it's saying here. And we know that God doesn't get tired because Scripture says in Isaiah 40, verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is what? Everlasting, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, which we just talked about. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So God's not tired. He doesn't need to sleep. So uh, this is not what it means by rested. 
So we got to think about why in the world does it say that he rested twice, and what does this teach us about God? One, as an example for us to follow, but also to know him in his character, and there's a lot to be said when it says that God rested and what that means for us uh, as made as image bearers of God. The second thing I just want to point out before we get into the text, this is pre-fall or pre-sin. So sin had not entered the world, so this is a part of God's design, that God said to work six days and then to rest. So this is not a result of sin, but this is how God originally intended for uh, us to, to uh, function. And so this is, um, this is before, before the fall. Now, why did it say that God rested? Again, this is one for us, an example to follow, and it lets us know about who God is and how he's revealed himself. So when it says God rested. He, he, he worked six days. He created all things that we see, which is amazing. He created and sustained, and now he rests. What does it mean? So if it doesn't mean he's tired, uh, a lot of commentators, and I agree with them, rest means he is enjoying, listen, he's enjoying the fruit of his labor. He's finding pleasure and joy in what, he is, what he's created. Now, what's interesting about this is he's teaching us about himself here, but also for us uh, to follow, is that we should enjoy the fruits of our labor. Like, it's a good gift from God to say, man, man, this is a good thing. I want to enjoy them. It's like working really hard to, to, to really craft this beautiful dinner with all these ingredients, spending all this time, and, but you don't sit down to enjoy the dinner that you created, like that'd be silly. So God's teaching us as he creates this beautiful garden for humanity to enjoy, to, to be fruitful and multiply. He's like, I'm gonna take a walk or stroll through the garden, why, to enjoy it, to get pleasure from it. So um, early on, I was in surgical cells uh, before God called me in the ministry and went to seminary. And uh, it was interesting about surgical cells where I was working at, we didn't, you kind of had your territory, I was trained up and it was, uh, it, was, it was like you had no support, which is, you know, I guess good and bad news. So you, you, got, to, you got to work real hard and hopefully get, get money. And what happened was like 24-7, you were on call for the doctor. Like if the doctor needed you, you needed to be there. And if you weren't there, someone was going to be there to take, take your business. And then furthermore, uh, we didn't really have a team, a team aspect to it. So you could work uh, all, all days of the week and weekends. And so, yes, you're making a lot of money, but there is no rest, no enjoyment for the money that you're making. So you get this golden handcuff. So you may buy a lot of things, but there's really no enjoyment. I wasn't spending time with my wife as we had family and, you know, and, and, and Lord willing, uh, we'd have a kid. Uh, we, we, we couldn't, I couldn't enjoy it. And so pretty early on, I understood like, I don't want this life. Yes, I could have money, but I couldn't enjoy the fruits of the labor. And this is, I think, part of it. It's like God tells us to work, but then to rest, to enjoy, to partake, to find pleasure really in his good gifts that he gives us. And we'll talk more about that. But this is something about God and his creation when he tells us to rest, that he rested that we should find deep pleasure in our relationships, in the food, in the aspects of our life and play. Like God, God's inviting us in to enjoy his creation. Uh, th that's a good thing. Like that, God, God is a God of joy and pleasure. He's like, I want you to partake in that. That's, that's a gift from God. Now, some implications from this, just that you may not see at first. When God said he rested, right? Not tired. He wants to enjoy and find, finds pleasure in his creation. You and I are part of his creation. And something that's just so small, but very impactful, he enjoys you. He finds pleasure in you. Like he, he made you 
and is pleased with you, and he, he wants relationship with you and, and to know you. And so this is important that he rests. He's like, I want, I want relationship. Furthermore, the, the other one, which I, I've already mentioned, is we should enjoy God's creation. It is good, and it's made for our enjoyment, that we should find rest and pleasure in what he has made and called us to steward. Secondly, not only does he enjoy and, uh, and take pleasure in what he created, he says he set it apart and made it holy. It says he blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So se- holy means to be set apart. And what he's telling us here is when he says, when he set it apart, he wants you to remember who's, who's really the, who, who, who created, who sustains. And so as we participate in joy, man, the fruits of our labor, really what God has done, we should recognize he's the giver of those good gifts that we should worship him, that it was his idea to create. You were his idea to have relationships. It was his idea that you could find joy in his creation. So we should, man, allow the things that we enjoy not terminate on just the creation, but let it stir affection to the creator who said, I want you to enjoy this food, this drink, this relationship, this creation. It's to say, man, God, you're so creative and I see that creation, I, I want to worship you, I want to thank you. And so as we come and we worship this morning on the Sabbath, like we're saying, God, we recognize you're the creator of this. You're the sustainer of this. I think we miss this quite a bit. Like the world's amazing. It really is. If you just open your eyes, God created and sustained. He's like, I want you to see this was my idea. And every time you eat, you, that's why you should say a prayer like, God, thank you for the food that you give, that it tastes good, that it gives me energy. Like this is all God's idea and we're coming together uh, uh, one day a week saying, God, we recognize you're the giver of these good gifts. A lot, so I'll, I'll read Psalm 103 verse two. It says, bless the Lord of my soul and forget not all his benefits. This is, so he's saying, don't forget whose idea all this was. Don't forget who, who blessed you with all these things. We we forget to count our blessings so many times. Um, and you're like, a lot of us are like, Scott, there's a lot of hard things going on in my life. And I'm not going to argue there's not. I, I don't know where you're at. But I guarantee someone on their deathbed right now is wishing they're, you're, they're where you're at right now. And there's something that you could be grateful for this morning. That you're breathing air. Your heart is beating. I'm looking around. You're sitting, some of us are sitting next to loved ones. These are all gifts from God. And we're just like, we don't even see it. This comes from his hand that he cares about you. He says, don't forget, man, how good I am. Then furthermore, as we set time just to say, man, God, this is, this is from you. We, we, we want to we worship you. We want to sing to you. We want to thank you. The Lord's Prayer, as Jesus leads us, Father, he tells us, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What he's telling us is, man, I want to remember and stand in awe once again that you're a good, gracious God who creates, who sustains, who gives. He's teaching us, remember who God is, because we oftentimes forget. Furthermore, uh, James 1.17 says it this way. Every good gift. So every good gift that you've ever experienced, and you have more than you know. I, I suggest you write them down. Everything that you've ever experienced that's good, it says this, is from every good and perfect gift is what from above. It's from God. It's a gift from God coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation, shadow due to change. So God is only good. Did you hear that? God is only good, and He's 
He's a good giver of gifts. Now, does it always feel that way? I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't. The point is, God didn't change. He's still a good giver of all good gifts. What changed then? We did. Our, our vantage point has changed. He didn't change. So this is a time when we Sabbath say, God, you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You've always been a good father. You've always been good. He's saying, I don't change. Your perspective changes. And it says, this is a day that we should come again and again saying, this is who you are, God. We want to thank you. We want to worship you. We want to praise you because you are the giver of every good gift. Now, furthermore, when it says that God rested, we should enjoy it. We set it apart. It comes from his hand. There's something here that maybe doesn't meet the eye, but I think is very true. That God is a generous God. It says that in six days he created. You live in a world that was tailor-made for you. Like we're the right, right, right space from the sun. We're breathing air that we don't create. Like the water sustains us, food sustains us. Like everything is like just perfect. It didn't just happen. God made it, man, just perfect for us. He puts us in, in the garden. And so my point is, did you do any of that? No, you did nothing that. You're a recipient of God's good blessing. And then he blesses us. It says in uh, Genesis 1, he blesses us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. He basically says, man, I've created creation perfectly for you. You're, you are my image bearers. You are gonna be, have this God-given right to cultivate the earth. This is what I've given you to steward. So here, here's my point. You, you, did not, you did not bless yourself, but God, God has blessed you. And anything that you have, no matter what you think you did to get it, is, is simply, by, it's simply a gift from God. He has blessed you, and he's called us to be a blessing. As he came to Abraham, he says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. He says, I'm gonna, as I bless you, I want you to be a blessing to the nations. And I want you to hear this. You have the blessing of God. Good gifts. One, you should enjoy them. You should let it stir up and worship towards him. And then you should be generous with his stuff. It's not your stuff. It's his that we should look with a generous eye to other people and bring the generosity of God that we've experienced to others. This is, this is part of resting, having a generous eye for others. It says this in Ezekiel 16, 49. It's part of my reading plan this week. I just, I've probably never heard this quoted in, in a sermon, but it's so good. It says, behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride. Pride simply you think you create, that you sustain, that we are the center of our own life. We have pride. We had excess of food and, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. What is it saying that you think you did something to get what you have, and you forget that it's God who's generous. You're not generous with the people around you. So when we Sabbath, it's a day set aside to enjoy, to be present, to be thankful to God who gives it, and to open up your hands to bless other people. This is all part of the Sabbath, because what we do is we get in a grind, and we don't, we don't enjoy what God's given us. We get in a grind. We're just going through life. We don't thank God. We're entitled. We get in a grind. We're not considering anyone or anyone else. We think, God, we need more instead of like, instead of like, I have enough. I need to be, I need to be thanking God and blessing others. This is all part of resting unto the Lord. God says, man, this is how we rest. Now, what's interesting here, and a lot of people don't, don't read this, it says here in verses one through three that God worked six days and then he rested. Uh, he, he finished his work and then, then, he, then he rested. Three times it says work. So verses one through three, it says three times they worked. And it says that God worked, what, six days on the seventh, he rested. I'm gonna say that again. How many days did God work? 
six days, and then he rested one day. Now, I think that should preach to a lot of us right now because I'm just going to go on on a limb. I don't think, everyone's like, I want the rest. God also tells us, man, work is good. We should find uh, the dignity in work that we represent God in our, in our work, that we cultivate as God cultivate, uh, cult, cultivates uh, in, in work. So here in America, and I praise God for it, it's good, I, I think. It says, you know, uh, yeah, the Jewish people, they Sabbath on Saturday, right? Christians, they Sabbath on Sunday, first day of the week, Jesus rose in the grave. So we get two days off. That's not what Scripture says, but we get two days. Man, I don't know. That's great. Praise the Lord. But at least we should be working five. And so how do we honor the Sabbath is that we work hard for the glory of God and the good of other peoples. Like this is what it says. And what we tend to do is not recognize work as a gift. We'll talk more, more, a little bit more about this next week. But we work, we work six days and then we rest. Now what we have a tendency to do and look at Sabbath, and, and we don't Sabbath well because we don't work well, is we have a tendency to be idle to, towards work. Like we don't want to do it. Like we're, we're lazy. Or we treat work as an idol, which will rob you of rest. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. You either fall in one of these camps to some degree. You either are idle towards work and you're lazy. You're like, I don't know. It's like you are in some way. Or you treat work as an idol. And this is why we're here this morning. Remember, man, that, 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 that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath and, and God is where we find life. But here, here's what I'll say. Is if we're not working hard, it's idleness and it's laziness. And, and, and we will be found lacking because it tells us to work and then we rest. So if we don't, if we don't work, we're not going to have things to enjoy, right? And if you don't think things have to enjoy, you're not going to be praising God. If you are not working hard, you're not going to be able to be generous. Like this is not a good thing. So we're supposed to work six days and rest under the Lord. Proverbs 12, 11 says this, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. But whoever follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. I think a lot of us, man, pursue rest and things don't give rest. We're not choosing resting in the Lord and, and seeing work as a gift from God, but we're trying to find rest apart from the Lord and his creation. And this is idleness and laziness. See, we try to find rest in vacations and hobbies. I mean, we try to find vacation or a rest in things that will not give life. And we, we are lazy and we're trying to grab this, this soul rest, this physical rest and things that will not provide. A lot of, I hear so many times like, man, I work so hard. I'm, m- most people don't even know they're lazy and, and they're lazy. So I think you should probably ask someone that you trust. Like, hey, do you think I, I work hard or am I lazy? Someone that you trust. Because every, I've never heard someone's like, I'm just, I'm a very lazy person. I've never heard that. And I, I, I've had some thoughts like, you, you could work harder. I mean, I've, I've thought a, a lot about people, never usually too much. So you might want to ask someone, do you think I work hard to see where you're at? Then furthermore, when you think you're doing so much, look at your phone. I'm not trying to shame you, but I'm just trying to give you some insight. Look at your phone. Does your iPhone send you a report of what you're, what you're doing? How much is scrolling on Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media platform, watching YouTube? Usually it's like hours, not minutes, just wasting time. What are you trying to do? You're trying to find rest. Are you feel restful after doing that? No. How about binge watching Netflix or, you know, whatever you're doing? Like you... you you're trying to find rest in things that won't give you rest. See, God calls us to work hard and then rest into the Lord and to play and to enjoy and to thank God for it. Because here's the deal, man. You're, you're either going to work hard and, 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 and you can't control things. But a lot of times you're going to have man, the, the, the gifts of God that you can be thankful and be generous. But if you're not, 
If you're lazy, you're going to have hard days and there's nothing to be to enjoy and to bless. This is what it says in Proverbs. So we work six days and then we rest. The other thing that we're, we're prone to do uh, is, is uh, be, having idolatry, I, make, making work God. Uh, the first commandment is to have no other God before me. Like God is God. God gives life. God, God is our protector. He's our provider. He's our everything. And work can't be your life. It will not bring you the status or identity or acceptance that you're It won't provide for you. I don't care how much money you have. It will not give eternal life. Work is a, is a false God when it, you try to make it a God. And so this is something that, that, that I struggle with uh, to some degree. Um, I like to be known as working hard and uh, if, if someone's like, man, I don't, I don't think you're working, I, like, it's, it, it, would, it would be a shot to, to my ego. I wouldn't like to hear that. Uh, and, and furthermore, um, I, it's not only even idolatry, it's a God complex. Like by me thinking work is something I think I provide, I protect, not God. It's, it's really wicked. And, and we're called to understand that only God can do that. I remember uh, before planting, I guess it was about 13, 14 years ago, I, I was doing nothing, and it about killed me. So I was working, and I felt like God was calling me to plant, and I was like, God, I'm ready to do anything. I will do anything. You, you want me with people? Do I raise money? And, and I, I remember sitting at the deli man, and I remember God saying, you're going to do nothing because you, you don't know how to rest. You don't know where your identity is. And so I remember very clearly that God was trying to get my heart in order. It's like, you're not going to be defined by your work. You have to be defined by who I am for you. Until we learn that, we're going to try to, 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 uh, try to earn this life and protection through our work. And furthermore, if work is your God, you will not be present with your family. You just won't be. Why? Because you're looking to your work to provide. You, there will be no joy. There will be no the worshiping and thanking God. There will be no generosity. Why? Because you're the one who, who thinks it's producing, not God. And so you work six days and you rest unto the Lord. Now, what's super interesting here, not only do we rest under the Lord, and we're called to work under the Lord, uh, furthermore, Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15, this is partly where, uh, one of the places that gives the Ten Commandments. So the Sabbath not only is pre-fall, but God emphasizes it again in the commandments. There's a few things I want to point out here before, before I close. It says this in Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So again, it's just emphasizing what I already said in Genesis chapter two. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. As the Lord your God commanded you, six day you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, on it you shall not do any work. Now listen, he's giving this commandment uh, partly to the people, but partly, listen, he's, he's telling you men, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak to you men, but frankly parents, but men in particular, it says this, on it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates and that your male servant and your female servant may rest, uh, rest as well as you. Here's my side note that's kind of applicable to sermon. Men, you set the tone for your family. They're, they're watching how you work. You're going to teach them to have a good work ethic under the Lord for God's glory and other people's good, to Sabbath under the Lord, to rest, to enjoy, be present, to be generous, to thank God. That's what he's telling us. Like, I want you to lead the people you're around you by how you Sabbath. 
that's interesting. So, man, I hopefully that you're listening to the word of God. How are you leading your family to work? How are you leading your family to rest, to Sabbath? They're watching us. They know what's your God. They know if you're lazy. And how we work and rest is supposed to be a pointer to who God is. Just yesterday, uh, we, I was working out with my two boys, and we have something over uh, our workout mirror, and it says 1% better every day. That's something we do. We try to do it physically and spiritually, 1% better every day. I try to ingrain in their head, I want to do something, uh, just a little thing. We're going to try to be a little bit better every day, physically and spiritually. And I also wrote under it, because I was like, you know, I want to make sure they know the why. I wrote on the mirror, it's like, hard work pays off. That's why we do this. Hard work does pay, pay off. If you, if you reap what you sow, is what I told them, I was like, I want you to work really hard for the glory of God. Why? Because hard work pays off. And Joshua, my son, who's he's in seventh grade, was awesome. He says, and I think we should write above that. I was like, amen. He said, God is good. God is good, and hard work pays off. We, and my point is, I'm trying to lead them. Like, we're going to work really hard. We can't control results. God does. God is good. We believe he's going to bless us with good gifts to enjoy and to bless other people. But we have to do our part well, and we need to rest unto the Lord. I'm just trying to say, men, women, lead your families to rest and work unto the Lord. Furthermore, the thing I want to finish with is this. In Genesis 1, or or chapter 2, it says that God had this special work of creation. Six days he worked, and then he finished. And then and then, then he rested. Here's my point. There's a pattern here that I want you to see. We, we work from the finished work of God. That's how we rest. Because a lot of people, as like, you hear me rest, you're not actually going to rest because you don't understand who God is. And so this is what it says in, in creation, that God, he decided in his goodness and out of love to create all the world and humanity. And he worked six days and he created us, then he rested. Now, who, who worked on our behalf for creation and sustains it? God did. He did that for who? us. We, we, we're, we work from the finished work of God, it says in the text. Furthermore, in Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15, the last part, it says, you shall what? Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there, uh, from, uh, out from there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you what? To keep the Sabbath day. It's so interesting. He's, he tells them, man, you got to keep the Sabbath day, keep it holy. And then he tells them, this is how you rest. Remember when you're a slave in Egypt, who's the one that fought for you? I am. So you can rest under the mighty hand of God that he fought for you. He brought you out of slavery. It says his out, outstretched arm, he brought you into freedom. It says, therefore, the Lord your God com- uh, commanded you to keep uh, the Sabbath day. So just as a creation, God worked on behalf of humanity, then we can find rest. God worked on behalf of Israel, he fought for them, therefore they could find rest. Now I'm going to hear, you need to hear me say this. God worked on behalf of you in Jesus Christ so you can have rest, that you can sleep and you can have peace no matter what's going on in your life. Why? Because you work from the finished work of Jesus Christ. He's worked on our behalf. Therefore, we can find sweet soul rest. Jesus Christ on the cross, what did he say? It's finished. My my work is complete for humanity. Sinful humanity is finished. Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again, dealing with all of our debt, our sin, 
He's given us his perfect righteousness that we could never earn. And he defeated sin, saying the devil rose from the grave and says, and it is finished. This is for you, that you're a beloved child of God if you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is where we work from. This is our soul rest. So many people are working to trying to earn this blessing. We have this blessing that's given to us in Jesus Christ. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you come under the finished work of Jesus Christ. It is finished. You are forgiven. You don't, you don't have to earn his forgiveness. By the pre- precious blood of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. That means past, present, and future sin. The things that you still struggle with, you will, you will struggle with. It is, it is you're forgiven. Now why? Because the finished work of Jesus Christ. You don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to have any regrets. There's no more shame. Why? It's finished. You can rest well with your head up high. You're not defined by your sin and your shame. When it says it's finished, you know how this ends for you. Resurrection, new heavens, new earth. Why? Because Jesus has promised that. I, I, I love thinking about, like, uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's, only, it's only getting better. How do I know that? Because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. I don't know what's going on in your life. But we can come each, each Sunday and Sabbath. It's like, my life is guaranteed to get better. How do I know that? Because of Christ. That we have the generous love of the Father sent upon us as sons, not sinners. I mean, we have the love of the Father governing our life in every aspect. So we can work from this rest. We may not understand why everything's happening, but we know that God is in control and he loves us so we can have this rest that we're protected. When we look at the cross of Christ when it's finished, it's, it's Jesus saying, you're mine. And he's saying, I will fight for you. I will fight for you. So what does that mean? I know every time you go to bed, there's so many things that are unfinished. Unfinished to-do lists, unfinished tasks to do in your house, some relationships that you need to mend up, work's not where you want it to be. So how do you sleep well? It's finished in Christ, knowing when you sleep, listen, God fights for you. Do you believe that? This is what it means as you look, look to Jesus. He's saying, I'm fighting for you while you're sleeping. This is why we can rest on a Sabbath day. I know there's lots to do. I, like, I know that. I have a lot of things to do, right? How do I rest well on the seventh day? Because I know he's fighting for me. It says in Scripture that he's working all things together for good. So if he's fighting for me, what does that mean? I can rest. He's doing things when I'm not even working. Why? Because he, I'm working from, man, the favor of God. This is what Sabbath is all about, remembering who Jesus is, that we have this deep rest that it only comes in Christ. It's, remembering, it's simply remembering, dear child, you're mine. You're mine. You can sleep well. You can rest well. You can be present where you're at. You can enjoy the things I've given you because a lot of us are like, well, I don't know if we're going to have more. He's going to take care of you. We can enjoy, you can enjoy what you have. You can be generous with other people. You can thank him. Like, this is what happens as you look to Christ. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says it this way. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. What does it say? And I will give you rest. See, Jesus, Jesus is where rest is at. As we come to him, we'll find this soul rest. We're not, we, you will not find rest in anything that you do. You can only find rest in what Christ has done. One of the old hymns says, come lay your deadly doings down, down at Jesus' feet, and you can stand in him alone, in him alone, gloriously complete. It's, it, this is where we find rest. The Sabbath, and God's so good <laughs> to teach us this pattern of life because we forget. The Sabbath was made to be a lighthouse, beckoning us to consider God once again. 
every single week, remember who I am. Namely, remember where rest is found in Jesus Christ. It's reoriented our minds, our hearts, our lives, like remembering Jesus that we work from his rest that he provides at the cross. It's a lighthouse this morning calling you to rest, soul rest, to have deep peace despite what's going on, knowing that he's a provider, that he cares, that you can enjoy whatever's going on that he's given you. And Lord willing, that we could be a generous people. Why? Because of God. Let's pray. God, I pray that you'd help us see the Sabbath rightly. We'd see through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the finished work of Jesus Christ, and we can live from your work, that we could work really, really hard for your glory, but then we could rest really, really well. Because we know, we know that you are a good, loving Father who fights for us. That you, that, that, that you have a strong arm. That you're working all things together for good. So God, help us be more present today. Help us worship you today. Thank you for the gifts that we have. That you would change our vantage point from our circumstances to you, God. I pray, God, that you would allow us to find soul rest. I ask that in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.